Where's my eating irons? Sorry. In the drawer where everybody else is. <laughs> what are you, some sort of barbarian? <laughs> well, duh. Well, yes, I suppose. Don't speak Greek. What did you expect? <laughs> Neither do I, so technically. Uh, we can bond over our shared barbarity. Barbarousness? Barbarity. One of them's one of them's to do with how brutally you murder people. And one of them's to do with the quality of being a barbarian. Well, to be fair. And I know they're rooted that they have the same etymological root. That they are very closely uh, uh, associated words, but they have this specific meaning. And the thing, I think barbarity is... It's like enormity. People say, uh, oh, the enormity of the project, meaning it's a very yes. big thing. But that's not what enormity means. Enormity is the 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 um, severity of a crime. So, specifically, that's what the word means. So it's like um, the enormity of the crime was such. So if somebody says the enormity of the project by going, "My gods, what is this project? Yeah. You're gonna murder people?" Yeah, exactly. Oh, wicked! Exactly. I cannot wait to use that one again. Are you ready to go? <laughs> I stand up at a staff meeting and go, oh my god, I didn't realise you were that kind of employer. Not, That's not, horrendous. We're not doing enormity, I refuse. Hello, lovely listeners. Hello. Welcome to Frithcast 153. And you will notice that there is no preamble at the beginning of this episode. No, we are, we are, we are sans preamble. We are preambleless. Professional podcasty people oh yeah, you know we are you've yeah. listened to us for 152 episodes up to now you totally know the style yeah you're wondering where the preamble is we get it tough you're not getting one this time round. welcome around the virtual campfire i do believe it would be customary in this case to to say grab your plate of beans and two fingers of something in a glass how do they phrase that i do not know i I mean, the plate of beans, yes. Although I think Mr. Taggart would probably say we'd had enough. Um, Surely not. Two fingers of sipping liquor? Yes. Or something like that? Something I think akin it's, to that. I think it's something to do with that. Yeah, something I could do with some sipping liquor. Steady. I haven't had sipping liquor for so long. You, you, get, you can't stand two fingers of coffee, never mind well, sipping true, liquor. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Lovely listeners, welcome around the virtual campfire. Welcome, welcome and welcome. Have some beans. Have some beans. Because <laughs> you ain't tasted beans like these before. <laughs> I had to do it, sorry. <laughs> you might have gathered this is episode 153. I am half your hosting team. I am the partner, padre and... I... I Partner, I believe. I can't is the... think of a third P word, but there you go. Of Frithcast, my name is Suzanne Martin. It's partner, it's got a D in it. Has it? Yeah, partner. Pard, pardon. I can't do it. I can't do it either, no, really. Pardon. Which is going to make this episode quite difficult. And quite funny. And, well, I'm Suzanne and quite Martin. quite offensive, you know potentially. Why I am by now. <laughs> I'm introducing my partner in crime. See what I did there? <laughs> that was there? very good, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Kate Coldwind. The merciless Kid Kate. I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'd be called if I was like an outlaw bandit type. Uh, dead, probably. 
fairly fairly yeah, quickly. Too, <laughs> Let's be realistic about this. Um, <laughs> the last about three and a half minutes. Yeah, very 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 much a central heating sort of person. Lee. Yes. Um, and yeah. uh, and and if I have to, you know, ride the the the, the high trails and whatever, it's it, I usually prefer to be in a nice warm car with the radio on. Yeah. Or Spotify. Go I mean, between places that have a menu. Basically, yeah. 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 Welcome um, to Frithcast. Welcome to Frithcast. <laughs> Lovely listeners. Welcome to Frithcast. You will have gathered this is episode 153. It is a story time. As you know, we do a story time episode every nine episodes. Every nine. Um, this has been our habit. Yes. And this will continue to be our habit until either... Everybody gets bored of this and goes away. Yes. Or um, we get bored of it. And we go get away. bored. I mean, everybody, oh, right. including with, us, with us included. Yeah. Um, or we cock it up one day and end up missing the nine. Miscounted. Because it can happen. It can. You see, I do it it's by a tricky number. Well, you see, the thing is, I I get mathematically flummoxed because I do it by taking the number of the episode, yeah. dividing it by nine. Mm-hmm. If it's a whole number, yeah, then it's going to be. A story time. But I fox myself because I predict how many are going to be left by looking at the number that comes up. And if it's something point two 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 recurring. Yeah. I know we're quite early in that nine episode sequence. If it's something point seven 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 recurring, then I know we're a bit closer. We're coming up to the story time episode. Yeah. And then it gets to point eight 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 recurring, and I think to myself, oh, it's all right. We've got a couple of weeks yet, or we've got a couple of episodes yet. But I don't think mathematically, because as we know, zero point nine 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 nine. I don't know why I keep saying zero point nine recurring will do. Is mathematically equivalent to one. So when you get to Episode okay. number point nine 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 the system just goes, hmm, this is equivalent to the next one up and gives you a whole number. Yeah. And you'd suddenly discover that the story time episode has come that an episode thought, earlier than you thought it was you going thought to. thought was a month away was not a month away. And this is entirely a hypothetical scenario and not at all reflective of what we've been through in the last day or two. Definitely not. Definitely not. Shall we get on with story time? Indeed. Lovely listeners, do settle in. Warm your knees. Warm your knees. Have we done that? Grab your beans. Warm your Drink again. of choice. Two fingers of whatever it is is all good. Sipping liquor or sipping fruit juice or... Sipping fruit juice. Sipping water. Whatever mm, whatever takes I'm your fancy. Good. Sipping apple juice. I mean, it just looks fierce, especially the cloudy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It does. You may have detected a certain theme. Yes. This evening. We're not going to spoil it. You'll get the hang of it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um... I think it is worth throwing in a couple of uh, housekeeping points, though. The emergency exits are here, 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 and, here, here. and here. Like anywhere there isn't a log is an emergency exit. Yeah, in the event of a loss of power, emergency lights will illuminate around the clearing. Wow. Yeah, we have that. When did we have that installed? We've had that for ages. I have took we? The, I took the liberty. I hope you don't mind. Oh, I'm impressed. Did we get the seatbelts fixed? Uh, we did. Um, we, you, you have to basically, if the, if the illuminated emergency lighting comes on, basically the squirrels will leg it, follow the squirrels. 
if they go, squirrels. If they go up trees, you may find that a bit more difficult. But Slightly. Do they become the emergency lighting? Is that what I'm thinking? Well, some of them have got little LEDs around the neck on that the collars. That is so cool. You know, so, so yeah. You should be able to see them, at least until they disappear off into the distance. But just try and keep up. I will do that. Okay. We just need to do a little bit of housekeeping uh, in advance. There are some notices. There are. Please pin your lug holes to your backs. Pin your lug holes backs. That doesn't work. Pin your lug holes to your backs? No. Um, well, it's, I mean, it's an approach. Yes. You certainly that could, work. could do that. I've got um, to work on that one a little bit. I need to go rethink some stuff. Indeed. Um, lovely listeners, we would like to uh, advise you of some content which we would like to advise you of yes. in tonight's episode. There will be content relating to the use of firearms. Yes. And what do you call it? Off-screen violence. Off-screen violence, showdowns, and some very nearly swearing. Occasional might maybe cussing. Occasionally nearly cussing. Yeah. Um, we would also like to apologise in advance for... Our dreadful, dreadful accents, which we will try to keep to a minimum. We haven't had enough alcohol to make them really good. Sorry. Indeed. Uh, I would like to... While I appreciate it, is, it was a different time, I would like to bring to your attention the fact that Carry On Cowboy got away with it. Yes. We're hoping that you will also allow us to get away with it. Be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> because our accents probably won't be. <laughs> Oh, dear you. Lovely listeners. We give you. Settle in. <laughs> Here we go with story time. It was late afternoon when Odin One-Eye came riding into Giantsville. The sun cast the landscape in gold as the tall man, hat-tipped low against the glare, made his way down the main street. His powerful horse placed every step with purpose, and where most would be looking just directly ahead, this one... This one cast its head from side to side, eyeing the storefronts and the verandas carefully, with a look of intelligence near reflecting that of the lawman on its back. Lawman, for one eye was a federal marshal, though he didn't show it. No star nor shield gleamed on his long black duster, though badge or not, onlookers could have no doubt this was not a man to be trifled with. Down he rode deeper into the settlement. Giantsville. A big name, and for sure it weren't no chitlin' place, but it weren't no place for honest, God's-fearing folk neither. Ramshackle townhouses, smithies and horse traders, a couple saloons of less than salubrious repute, if you catch my meaning. There was equipment shops and general stores, the town had everything, except in maybe a pervading sense of common decency and moral uprightitude. There was gambling, liquoring and wayward business aplenty all through them dusty, ill-kept streets. They say the town took its name from the man in charge, the local mayor, you might say, one Albert Al Valdi. What it had been called before he arrived, nobody really remembered, but once he took the reins and got dug in, if you'll pardon the mix and the metaphors, it was his town anyway. Valdi was a big guy in every manner, built around him like a sequoia tree and not much shorter for height, his stature was matched by his pugnacity, shall we say. Man had fought all his life, and many said he'd only stop if the undertaker made extra sure to use real strong nails. He had an iron will and kept, many had say made, the law in Giantsville. He ruled the town from his offices above the world serpent cantina, and all new arrivals in town were expected to go pay him homage there. Well, Marshal Odin would bow to no man, as two-bit lords of two-bit manners across the west had found, but he also wasn't a man to start a ruckus if there weren't no call for it. 
So he guided his ride toward the World Serpent to present his compliments to the head man of the town. With his horse tied outside, the marshal walked into a more orderly establishment than he'd thought to find. The half-crowd of patrons in the place were sitting, standing in groups, conversing. There were no signs of rowdiness. A man sat at a piano off to one side, playing appropriate melodies for polite company. There was a decorum here that caused the marshal a mite of surprise. He walked to the bar and was greeted by a tidy man in a gleaming white shirt under a neat, shimmering blue vest. Greetings, stranger, the man said, casting the lawman a wide smile. What's your pleasure this fine evening? Odin looked about and stepped up to the bar. Keeping his voice low, he said, I'm looking for Valdi. The man in the bright vest clicked his teeth. Mr. Valdi, he said, is not currently receiving visitors. Now can I get you a drink? We have some very fine ales, or perhaps something stronger? You look like a man who's seen some miles these past days, if I don't miss my guess. Give me an ale, the marshal said, and the barman set to. Odin watched for a few moments. But you hit the mark there, he said. I'm new here in town, and I have business to transact. I'm told Mr. Valdi is the man to see. I'd like to present my credentials. The man in the blue vest called on one of his fellows to tend the bar and disappeared behind the frontage, leaving the marshal to wait. In time, Odin settled himself on a nearby chair to attend to his ale, but he wasn't left in peace for long. That's a nice horse. Outside? The marshal looked up. The voice belonged to a little guy, small of build but a little wiry, young looking around the face. Odin disliked him immediately. There was something to the set of that face. He'd a smile on, leastways a half-smile, but the something was behind it. A cruelty that he didn't seem to quite be able to hide. Saw you ride in, the man persists. Fine-looking animal. Mustang? Of a sort, the marshal replied. Beautiful. How much you want? What? For the horse, how much? Odin looked up, locked the guy's eyes. He's not for sale. The man looked affronted. Odin turned back to his beer and left the man for a moment, unsure of what to do, and then... Huh, he said. Probably something wrong with it anyway, shouldn't wonder. Imagine a type like you would come into a place with such a fancy nag and try to swaggle some tin off him, some poor chucklehead, and leave him with some mangy old... All right, stop right there, the marshal snarled, standing up and stepping in to face the angry man. Now you listen to me, boy. You got no call to be pushing into strangers' business, making demands and offering insult. What's your name? The man glared up at him, into the gleaming blue eye that stared out from under the brim of the lawman's hat. Hrungnir, he said. All right, Hrungnir, the marshal said. Here's what happens now. You make me an apology for questioning my honesty and good name. You take back your slanders about my horse... You walk out of this bar, and you stay out for the rest of the night. You hear me? I ain't apologising for nothing. Hrungir snapped. And I ain't saying nothing else about your nag. I know your type. You're some wandering chiseler trying to look big when there's horses all over this town as could leave that beast of yours standing in prairie dust. All over town, huh? Hell yeah. Bet you the straggliest lunkhead in this place could outride that puddin' foot of yours easy. Kid, you don't want to be taking this road with me. Just leave. Take a walk. Cool your head. 
morning comes, I'll be gone and you can get back to doing whatever it is you do when you're not trying to pick fights in bars. There was a moment, just one, when the marshal thought that maybe he'd gotten through to that boy. There was an uncertainty to that younger one, no question. But as the uncertain so often do when they don't have the wisdom to keep him from rashness, in the end he put his head down and charged like a bull. Too chicken to take the bet, huh? Odin looked round. By now there was a hush over the place. The decorous clientele from before were now his audience, and words had been said. Moreover, as Odin looked over the crowd, he'd noticed, standing at the back, the bright-vested barman he'd spoken to, and next to that man was another, a finely-dressed gentleman in an expensive-looking shirt and jacket, who stood regarding the scene with more than a little amusement apparent on his face. Valdi. Odin felt the truth of it no sooner did the thought occur. This was the head of the town, standing watching the altercation. As the lawman's gaze met his, Valdi gave a nod of the head, and then glanced towards Thrungnir and raised an eyebrow. So that was the game, Odin thought. He'd been challenged, and Valdi wanted to see how he'd respond, wanted to know what kind of man he was. Would he back down, or would he stand up for his good name? and the good name of his horse, for his horse had a very good name. As a man of law, Odin had no intention of shooting Hrungnir down, although he could, he guessed many in this town would think no less of him for it, assuming they thought anything of him at all. It was likely the normal way of things round here, but there seemed a better, more fitting way of handling things. I accept your bet he told Hrungnir, who stopped talking and looked at him with an expression of startlement. It was soon after sun-up that the two men, with a scattered crowd of interested bystanders, climbed onto their horses outside the World Serpent, and one of Valdi's men stepped forward to remind them of the terms. They were to race along the trail out of Giantsville to the Marshal's next intended stop, a town called Goodyard, and specifically to a saloon there called God's Ground. First man who arrived there on his own horse would be the winner of the bet. Hrungnir, still murmuring curses and undertakings to any who'd heed him, pulled his horse up to the start line and sneered. I'll save you a beer, he said. Might be flat by the time you get in, though. And Valdi's man raised an arm and then dropped it to signal the race was on. The horses tore up dust and dirt as their riders drove them straight down the main street and out into open land. The road was rough but well used. Gravel and debris was pretty light. The sun was low and hit men and horses in the face but neither slowed. After a mile or so the trail began to rise and became windier and there was jostling and a shoving as they jockeyed for the advantage. More than once they came upon other travellers walking or riding the road, mostly heading back towards Giantsville, and missed running them down but narrow. Odin looked round expecting to see Hrungnir away off behind, yet found the other horse and its rider just a couple feet from his own animal's flank, keeping fair pace. As the road ran down into some sparse woodland and trees began to whistle by on either side, Odin hunched down low and called to his horse. I need more from you, Sleepnir, my old friend. There's honour riding on us today. Be fleet. Show this upstart his place. Far behind. But as the miles rolled on, the upstart held his ground. The marshal kept his lead, barely, with Slipnir thundering onward, galloping without tire or ease, until finally the township of Goodyard appeared in the distance. Final stretch! 
bellowed the marshal, and Sleepnir somehow found another surge of speed darting forward and opening up more space between them and Rungnir. Odin was infuriated, though not a little impressed, to see that the other man and his horse quickly recovered the fall off and once again took to keeping pace, and maybe just a little began to claw back some of that ground. Approaching the town limits, the marshal began a howling and roaring like a tornado whirling into the streets and townspeople scattered and darted for the safety of storefronts and side alleys. The lawman and his close pursuer sped through till they reached the sign of the God's Ground, where Odin hauled Sleipnir to a halt and threw himself off the horse, sprinting for the saloon door. He crashed inside, long enough to utter an oath declaring his victory before Hrungnir followed and both men fell against the bar. Help you gentlemen, said the barmaid with not a hint of fluster. So, dear listener, you might think that was all there was to it. Odin's bet was won. The lawman had defended his honour against the man who would call him a liar and a cheat in public. Hrungnir, for his part, was cowed but little. Far as he was concerned, sure, he might have lost, technically, but barely by a horsetail, and he was one of them men for whom there's always some reason why it weren't his fault, his failure, his shortcoming. Hrungnir was proud, and he let them inside of the God's Ground Saloon know it. He'd pretty much won, he said, as he told them loudly of the bet. Weren't it for a bad bit of ground back here or a flare of sunlight over there, maybe even some art or trickery, he'd have been in this place long before the one-eyed man and he'd be toasting his victory right now with these, and here he swept an arm around, taking in the clientele, fine gentlemen and lovely ladies, and wouldn't anyone like to get him another beer? The patrons and the staff looked at each other and smiled. They could see the loudmouth boy had no clue where he was, nor had noticed how his erstwhile competitor was moving easy around, greeting each person by name and exchanging familiar words with them. He'd no idea, it was clear, that this was the very saloon neath Marshal Odin's own office, but hospitality was a strong tradition in Goodyard. The boy had acquitted himself well for all his bluster and arrogance. He'd stood to his bet, and for all his bad grace in it, his loss had been a narrow one. All tacitly agreed he'd earned a little leeway. And the leeway held, for the most part, until later that day as the sun began to set, and Hrungnir had had more liquor than he'd the good mind to handle. They say a man knows less as he drinks more. He loses his wisdom. So it's said. And Hrungnir had drunk enough that the last of his wisdom had fled, and left behind only pride and a will to express it. He'd take over this town, he said. Even now, knowing who his adversary in the race really was, Hrungnir clearly fancied himself a younger Valdi. He'd take the town, he said. He'd throw out these layabouts. And here he swept his arm around again, taking in his increasingly unamused company. He'd throw them out, or if they wouldn't go, he'd challenge them all to duels and kill each man who wouldn't leave. In fact, he ventured with another pull on a mug of ale. He might just kill him anyway. Who'd be to stop him? They've got just the one law enforcer, and him, for all his poise, still just an old man with one eye. Who'd stop him taking the town, killing the men and keeping all the women folk for himself? That would be me, said a voice behind him, and somewhere in the distance a little sin-bell dinged. Hrungnir jumped unsteadily to his feet and turned to see. The man who stood in the doorway was imposing. To say the man looked solid would be to call the Grand Canyon, well, a canyon. He had red hair and beard, both long and woven in places into braids. A black tunic and a leather coat barely contained the man's huge chest and strongly muscled arms. He had a stout leather belt with a big metal buckle, etched with the shape of a hammer, centred between radiating bolts of lightning. He stood looking at Hrungnir. Hrungnir, for his part, looked back, swaying a little. He took a breath. 
Who the f- A less than friendly hand from one of the men standing nearby landed on Hrungnir's shoulder and pushed him down onto his chair. Best just keep quiet now, kid, the man said. The big red-headed guy strolled from the doorway over towards the seething young drunk and loomed over him. Name's Thor, the bearded man said. I'm the sheriff in this here town. Seems you've been making something of a commotion today. A hubbub, so to speak. I don't much like hubbub. I try to keep things peaceful here. Understand you lost a bet today. The young man was incensed. Lost? he shouted. I'll give you lost! That man! And here he pointed approximately at Odin. That man only beat me because... because... He was faster than you? suggested Thor. Why you f- And now the sheriff was in his face. Be quiet, boy. Hrungnir fell silent. Thor took a moment to let things calm before speaking again. The bet's not really the point, he said. Nor's your incivility in this here establishment. What is the point, Mr. Hrungnir, is that I know who you are. Hrungnir glared at him. What do you mean? I know you're one of Valdi's henchmen. I also know you're not a very good one. You're messy. Careless. Makes you a liability. And then I know as well that you're wanted for terrible things. Messy, terrible things. There's a bounty on you, boy. Wanted, dead. You must have known about it. Didn't you think we might know too? Prungnir made to protest, to dismiss the claims, and when that didn't look to be cutting much ice with the big, impassive-faced sheriff, he took to threats. Yeah, well, he said, sure, he might have his face on some handbills here and there, but did anyone really think that mattered to someone in his position? Did they think if they tried to do anything to him, Valdi wouldn't come looking for them? You remember I mentioned you were careless, son? Thor asked. You have any ideas about how we might know that about you? Or why I said you was a liability? Gradually, the light dawned, and Hrungnir's hubris began to ebb a little. He began to realise it was going to be difficult to talk his way out of this. He looked about him again, more carefully, least as carefully as he could through the liquor and the ale. He still had his iron, though if things went up from here, reloading would be tricky. He kept fifteen rounds in his belt, five in the cylinder, twenty people at most. He could see the folk around him. The men, all prim and proper looking, all neat and bright and fancy dressed. The sheriff and the marshal aside, would the rest really pose a challenge to him? I wouldn't do that, boy, said Thor quietly, and Hrungnir realised that while he'd been thinking he'd unconsciously moved his hand toward the weapon on his belt. Thor had drawn his own revolver silently and already had it trained firmly on Hrungnir. There was a quiet clicking sound as the big man drew his hammer back. A glance to the side showed Odin and... Oh. Hrungnir became aware that all the men and women in the place had drawn, or were in the process of drawing, various firearms, all of which were coming to bear on him. Maybe it would take more than twenty at that. There's another option, you know, said Thor. What's that? You fight me. You did well today by all accounts. Well, by Odin's account. You raced hard. Kept a good pace. Seems that's worth some accommodation. I can't let you go, but I can give you a chance. You fight me. One on one. One shot each. And if neither of us wins at that, then we fight by hand until one of us does. A fair shake. What do you say? 
Of course, even through the haze of alcohol, Hrungnir realised he had no other option. Thor's unexpected offer was really his only shot, as it were, at salvation. He nodded agreement. And so it was that the following morning the sheriff and the haughty young henchmen came to be facing each other down the main street of Goodyard. The arrangements had been made. The obligatory town undertaker had run a tape measure over each man as this fabled tradition. And now all simply awaited the first move. Rungnir called out, This is stupid! It was just a horse! The men made the first move simultaneously. Later, more than one onlooker would swear that the two shots were fired in such perfect unison that the slugs actually slammed into each other halfway between the two adversaries. Some said they heard the impact. Some said they saw the flash of a spark. And both men fell. Do I need to tell you how lucky this was? Grower demanded, gently prodding the bandage around Thor's head, covering one eye. The big man grunted with pain and battered the doctor's hand away. Look nothing, he said. He missed. He did not miss. There's a bullet in your head. It went an important bit. She looked long at her patient. No, she said. That, in your case at least, is probably true. So what are you going to do about it, woman? What do you want me to do? I can't pull it out. It might dislodge something, and you'll find it was a more important bit than you think. I ain't going about my affairs with no lead in my face. You've got to take it out. Grow aside, and not for the first time wished she could have been a doctor to some other town with maybe a little more civilization. Though, she conceded ruefully, in a less idiosyncratic place, she'd probably not have been given the respect or latitude to practice at all. So she set about the task, doing what she could with cutting knives and tongs and tweezers and a little hand drill and cloths and water, but that there lead slug was wedged in there but good. For his part, Thor, gritting his teeth through the pain, did his best to encourage her. For a minute or two, she looked optimistic and she could feel the errant projectile starting to shift, and she began to sing quietly to herself as she worked. In the end, after an hour, maybe more, she sat back and let out a long sigh. Is it done? the big man asked. But it wasn't. For all her skill had come to nothing, she couldn't pull the slug free without cutting out great chunks of the sheriff's skull, and she had no intention of so doing. Side, he'd already have a scar he'd be carrying for all of his days, and while she knew the menfolk and their liking for tall tales of valour and such, she wasn't going to make it worse than she could avoid. And she was pretty sure that the only way it would get worse would be by her messing with what couldn't be fixed. So she patched him up, let him go, and poured herself a drink. And Thor wore that scar to the end of his long days. Lovely listeners, we hope you've enjoyed today's story time. If you would like to find us online, you can find me. I'm Suzanne Martin. I'm on Facebook under that name. And I'm also on Twitter and my blog at Gita Ingenes. And if you want to find me, uh, Discord's pretty much your option. If you um, go to our Facebook page uh, at uh, and just look for Frithcast Pod, 
that will give you our um, links uh, to including a link to our Discord server. Uh, come and join us there uh, yeah. around the virtual virtual campfire. Come and tell us a tale around the virtual virtual campfire. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> ghosts. Ah, oh. go goose. Go goose. <laughs> Ghost stories would be good. Yeah, we could do those. Lovely listeners, thank you very much for joining us this time around. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.